mission on the move, we can never fall. Clap your hands, clap your hands, clap your hands, y'all. We on a mission on the move. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one of the first things I have to say is I'm one of the architects. <laughs> you know, um, I can't, I wouldn't, you know, ever take complete, uh, you know, um, credit for something that uh, big. But uh, I think, you know, very much it takes a lot of people. It takes a village. I mean, nobody, you know, you always hear the, um, the old adage, you know, no person does anything by themselves. That's just true. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of times, you see people and you, you see them and it's like, it's that person. And, and everybody, you know, globs on all the, you know, the praise and all of that on that one person. It's never that one person. I don't care who it is, you know. Right. And I know that firsthand because, you know, I mean, uh, um, you know, you talk about um, so many different aspects of, you know, my life, you know, whether Prince or Morris or whoever else we, you know, um, I was involved with, you know, I know you know, um, that they would have never survived. They, they would have never, things wouldn't have happened for them if it wasn't for one thing, for the black community that we grew up in. Because the community really, I mean, a lot of people don't understand you because again, you know, people think of Minneapolis and they think of Prince and they think of, you know, yeah, he's, you know, rock star, whatever. Um, but the bottom line is it was all about community because community is what got us our start. A lot of people don't know, and I'll bring you guys a little up to speed about me individually. A lot of people don't know that much about um, my history. They just know, you know, I was a musician and played with Prince and whatever and that, that whole stuff. Um, but, you know, I, you know, when I grew up, I was a knucklehead, period. I mean, you know, really, I mean, I would have to give um, well, my mom a lot of credit, you know, but I also have to give Prince credit in terms of, uh, you know, kind of keeping me a little more focused. Than I, than I was, you know, because, um, uh, you know, I mean, I came from the projects and, you know, I, I think um, one of the other things is, you know, I think when you grow up, you know, I was the youngest of six, you know, and, you know, I mean, my brothers were, they were into some stuff, you know, I mean, straight up <laughs> gangster stuff, you know, it just was not, you know, a lot of people think, you know, a lot of people have no idea. They just think, you know, when they think about me, they think about Prince, they think of Prince, they think of whatever it is that they think about. But the reality is, you know, we grew up rough, you know, and uh, I mean, and, and it just continues. My way out, I guess, was was music. But the reality was, you know, for me, um, I really did music, not for money, not for girls or none of that kind of stuff. I did music because I actually liked to create sounds and, you know, kind of got me motivated. You know what I mean? It's like, like I would create music to, um, wake up, you know, and, and get me like, you know, in the right state of mind. And I was always like that. And it was in the beginning, it was just cassette to cassette because I didn't have no money. So it wasn't like I had like a four track or whatever, or some kind of recording machine. I just had like a cassette and I'd like, you know, I had, luckily I had a cousin that was a drummer. So I'd, you know, play a little drum beat and put some stuff on that, bounce to a cassette, play that cassette and then record it and go back and forth. And that was my multi-track recording system back then. But, you know, um, but, you know, my thing really, I mean, it's that's kind of how I grew up. And, and thanks a lot to the community, my mother, and and uh, and really, you know, going down a lot of crazy roads. Because, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, life can come at you in a lot of different kind of ways. You know, I mean, and a lot of times, you know, you don't know. You know, a lot of, uh, again, you know, um, 
you know, life is always about choices, you know, and I think that it's, it's interesting to understand. I mean, I guess the thing that I came out of it understanding is I had to understand um, what the system was, you know, because the system was always messing with brothers. You know, I mean, you know, for my brother, I learned all that from, you know, my one of my brothers went to jail, <laughs> was in prison for a nice little number of years. My other brother went to jail on a regular basis. He was always in and out and had, you know, major scuffles with police, but eventually wound up turning around um, and, you know, wound up, you know, being, um, you know, a private investigator, you know, and, and, and eventually, you know, had to, you know, deal with how to bring the community because he was trying to, you know, make people understand that black community don't trust police. It's, it's no different than where it is now, which is crazy. But he was like, look, you know, y'all, y'all don't understand how the community um, looks at y'all. And I think, you know, I mean, from my perspective, all you need to know is the, the biggest community center we had, you know, where, you know, fans like me and Prince and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and whoever else you want to name, the community center that a lot of us came from was the way right i mean you may not know what the way is but the way was a big deal back then it was a big deal it's like you know it's like you know for young brothers it was like you know like myself because i mean this is before you know i was always into some stuff you know and you know crazy stuff but you know but the way was a way to go somewhere where you had somewhere where you know um you could actually be off the street and they give you some weather's bumper pool or whatever it was which is what we used to we used to get into you know but it was important to have that but, you know, they tore it down. And what do you think they built in this place? Police station. Mm -hmm. So that tells you all you need to know about what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with. And you gotta understand that, you know, I mean, and I, I it, sometimes I hesitate to get into the reality of what it is, but I think in order to really understand where we're at, you know, where we're trying to get to, you know, with, the circumstances, you got to understand what the history is, you know, and once you get into the history of the evolutionary process or how brothers get to where they're, you know, where they're trying to go, you got to understand what the system is all about. And I think that's really, really important. And for me, it took, it took me a minute to understand that. And through my family, through community, um, through a lot of folks that, you know, um, took the time to reach out and you know and, and to actually for me it put my pride aside because there's a there's a lot of that going on sometimes pride can get in the way and can mess up all kind of stuff and you know the hardest thing sometimes you know for a brother is to just let go of, of pride and, and and do the right thing not the thing based on you know how you're gonna look or how you somebody's gonna perceive you because you know, one of the other things that people, you know, there was a point after all the success I had, writing Tina Turner, different people I wrote for and hit records and Grammy Awards on that, I was homeless for a minute. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, you know, and because of pride, I didn't say nothing because I didn't want my family to know. It's like, you know, I'm Andres Simone, you know, it's, you know, I just, but I just didn't want to deal with the stuff I was having to try to deal with. So I just had to like, you know, just go, you know what, I gotta, I gotta make this move on my own, you know, and it was rough. And then finally I got past it, you know, cause it's like, you know, um, it was after the, you know, my mother passed away and it was just, it was a little rough for a minute, you know, you know, um, but you know, again, I had to put my pride aside and I had to, you know, get, you know, get my head back in the game. And, uh, and 
I was able to sort of, you know, make it work out. And, you know, I had a lot of people that really cared about me. And uh, I reached out to them and, uh, you know, turned things around and managed to, you know, bring things back into perspective. So, um, but I'd really like to hear, you know, where y'all's coming from, you know, and, and, and kind of bring you into this. Cause I mean, you know, I mean, I just wanted to give you a little bit of understanding of a little bit of my background, you know, a lot more than that, but I guess that's the, uh, the, the, the short version. Well, thank you. Thank you. Who'd like to kick us off here? <laughs> so who was your inspiration? Oof, um, you know, I'd have to say, that's interesting. You know, I had a lot of um, inspiring people, you know, as far as that was concerned. I mean, you know, I would, hmm, you know, to tell you the truth, I would have to say the community was probably my inspiration. I mean, I, I, I really liked Martin Luther King. I have to say, I really liked Martin Luther King. I got into politics, you know, when I was kind of young. And um, I think one of the things that inspired me when I was a kid um, is, uh, I, you know, um, it's gonna sound a little crazy, but, um, you know, you know, because my parents were gone and I was like on my own, right? You know what I mean? You know, my other siblings were grown. And so I, I, I got a chance to spend a lot of time by myself. Um, and I found, you know, um, in my neighborhood, there was always houses that were sort of abandoned, you know? Um, so, you know, I would go and hang out with them sometimes, you know, and just chill, you know? But one of the houses that I went and um, hung out in had these magazines, like it had a, a collection of these Time Life magazines. And it was really interesting, you know? And, you know, I mean, cause it was like somebody, had, it was a collection, somebody just left them or something. Um, and so I just found them and I was like going through them. And in reading them, I read about like the lives of like um, uh, Floyd Patterson, who was a boxer and his hope. But, uh, well, I, I found these magazines and Floyd Patterson, it, it had a, a whole, um, uh, um, an article about his life and his struggles to get from, he was a boxer and he wound up, you know, going through a lot of crazy stuff and getting to where he had to be. But all that stuff was inspiring to, to me because I was like maybe nine or 10 or something like that. And, um, you know, but in all of those magazines, there were like, all, you know, there were stories about riots and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff in these magazines. And it inspired me and made me want to become, you know, one of those kind of people that reach for that, you know. So I, you know, I started telling, you know, anybody that would listen, you know, yeah, I'm gonna be, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was talking all this stuff about what I was gonna be. And, you know, obviously when you're growing up in a project, you don't nobody believe it. He said, yeah, right, you know. But, uh, but, you know, but, you know, everything, you know, that I, you know, set out to do, I did. You know, I literally said, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And every single thing that I, set out to do. I focused on it, you know, and uh, the one thing that my dad said is, he said, it's not how much you do, it's how much you get done, you know, and I always remember that. I was, you know, so, I mean, I write a lot of music. I write a lot of music. And um, and every time I, I start something, I think about that. And I think, you know, when I, you know, when it gets a little rough, I'm like, it ain't done yet. You know, it's like you gotta you gotta finish whatever, whether it's the you know the guitar parts or the piano parts or you know the string parts or um, the lyrics or whatever. But unless I can play it to somebody, you know, 
you know, right. it ain't, you can't, you know, unless you can push play and say, check this out and, you know, and, and be comfortable with it. You know, so anyway, thank you for that. All right, so my question is, so I don't know, a lot of people have this like sort of misinterpretation of, oh, I, I'm in the streets mm -hmm. or I'm, I was born in the streets, so mm -hmm. I have to do street stuff. Mm -hmm. So what did you do to keep yourself away from that stuff? Because I know you said that your other brothers and stuff was into that. Mm -hmm. So what did you do to it? Well, my brothers, for one thing, right. <laughs> one of my brothers said, well, well I had two, two older brothers and one of them said, you know, if you're going to do this stuff, don't ever get caught. Because if you get caught, I'm kicking, kicking your butt. Right. My other brothers just said, I'm kicking your butt if you do it. Right. So, I mean, there was that. Um, but, you know, also, um, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I, I did get into some stuff. So, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I, you know, I mean, you know, um, but I guess I always tried to, you know, um, you know, calculate the risk and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, you know, and I got caught, you know, I mean, so it's like, you know, but I think the, the main thing that I tried to do to, um, to, to try to stay out of, you know, that is to try to be focused on something. You know, I mean, that was that was really my main thing is that, you know, is, you know, um, every time I felt myself, you know, going in that direction, I thought I need to refocus, you know, and I always had to find something to focus on, you know, um, and sometimes that's hard. But, you know, I mean, you know, because again, you know, um, like I have a I have a son, I have a, you know, I have three sons, but, um, you know, one of my sons is I, I'm always telling them the same thing, you know. Cause you know, he's, he's, you know, he finds himself in certain situations and I always tell him, look, you gotta focus, man. You gotta find that, that, you know, that sort of, um, whatever it is, you know, whether it's music, cause he does music too. He does, he's an amazing artist. He does a lot of different stuff, right. but you gotta focus on it. You know, you gotta look at that one thing, you know, and say, I'm not gonna stop until I get that one thing. And that's the, that, that's for me, what did it for me, you know? And, you know, I mean, it worked every time <laughs> it sounds super simple like almost like that's impossible no trust me you know every single thing you know i said you know i want to do this and i focused on it you know um and i did you know and it's like then i picked something new focused on that and i did it you know and it's like and then once you start to understand it look if i focus on something you know it's gonna happen and you gotta believe it's gonna happen you can't be discouraged you just gotta and you know because things you know, it don't happen right away. Like right now, I'm trying to I'm trying to do some other stuff and step outside of, of music. And I want to get into you know what my brother Obi was talking about some politics, things like that. You know, and so you know, I mean, as old as I am, I still feel young, and I still feel like there's a lot of things I want to do. But to answer your question, just you got to focus on what it is that you want, go after, stay, and that will keep you you know, from allowing, cause you know, it is people think that, you know, if you, if you're from the streets, you gotta, you gotta be in, you gotta be in the streets. No, you don't, you don't have to do anything, but what you want to do, you know, right, right. you know, you can't allow other people. And, and I think, unfortunately, that's the, the, the game that they put you in is that they make you think you gotta fall into this, this category, you know, I mean, because if you think about it, there's a lot of stuff that, um, that they put in, in our path. Right. to take us off our focus you know whether it's like you know i mean again when i talked about the community center that they tore down right. you know station. put the police station up they also put a bunch of liquor stores up it's and right. then they then they had like you know all of a sudden there was all these drugs after the police station got put up there was all these drugs oh, and my mom would always say 
I don't know my brothers that got no uh, no no airplanes and no helicopters and where's all these drugs coming from? Right. Right? And then same with guns. It's like, I don't know no brothers can afford, you know, brothers can't afford to get jobs and all these. Where's all these guns? So you start to understand that there's a game being played. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, you got to stay focused, you know, because the street, I mean, because there's people trying to find you, trying to give you this this other avenue because it's a business. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I hate to get into a lot of that because that, that, that really makes me upset. That really makes me upset because that's that's the reason why I really want to get into politics. That's the reason why I make the music that I make and I talk about some of the things that I talk about. Because I mean apply I got into a whole bunch of you know crazy stuff because Snoop posted something about the state of music and how, you know, he said one plus one ain't adding up to two. And you know, he said it in his own vernacular the way he mm -hmm. like, you know, and people, you know, how, how can he post something when he said this and he really, Snoopy say, says whatever he wants the way he said it, you know. Right. But what he was talking about was the point. And it's like, you know, people don't understand um, that basically the tech industry just sort of b-slapped the music industry and took the music industry away from them, you know, and then made it, put it on their platform and said, hey, people, you get free music, <laughs> right? Wrong. Music ain't free. You know, AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, whatever, you know, you pay your phone bill, yeah. somebody's getting broke off. And so, you know, I posted that a lot of people, you know, because um, it's not politically correct or whatever. But I, you know, again, I don't... But that's the box you're not trying to fall in. That's the what? The box that you're not trying to fall yeah, in. Yeah, that's the box. Yeah, exactly. Um, not too long before I got here, I was watching one of your videos, mm -hmm. uh, What Are We Doing? Mm -hmm. And the curiosity that came to me was, and in that time where it was you and Prince and Morris Day in the time, mm -hmm. yeah, I had like, I don't know what genre to call it. Mm -hmm. If that was the Minneapolis sound, mm -hmm. Minnesota sound at that type, but what brought that electric, you know what I mean? That electric sound mm -hmm. into your style. Like, who was the first to do it? Where did it come from? Well, you know, um, the that's, an that's a good question. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, again, when you live, when you, when you live in Minneapolis, you know, um, it ain't like Chicago. Right. It ain't like St. Louis. It ain't like New York. It ain't like LA. You know, it's it's the Midwest. So you're in the middle of the country. So you get, you know, um, if you get any <laughs> black music, you know, it's getting filtered down. You know what I mean? So when I'm talking about radio, because back then, you know, platforms, again, platforms are you know, your outlet to the world. So radio was a platform. Luckily, we had, you know, KMOJ at the time. You know, which basically reached about eight blocks. But they would play, <laughs> but they would play some jams back then. You know, um, but that was our only outlet. So we wound up being um, influenced by a lot of you know rock and stuff like that. Especially you know um, um, myself and Prince and, and just where I grew up and the nature of my brothers being the youngest, my brothers and sisters. They all had different musical tastes. So. All of that went into me because I was a musician. I mean, I'm, um, it's hard to explain the kind of musician that I am um, because a lot of people don't know because I don't really talk, you know, talking a lot now, but normally I don't talk a lot. I don't do a whole lot of interviews and stuff like that. I stopped doing interview, interviews for God, a number of years, um, like from 85 to I don't know, 2014 or something like that. I just, you know, I got, you know, I just, you know, didn't get into it. but. 
I just think, um, you know, so people don't really understand. I really like a lot of that kind of music, you know, different kinds of music because of, mostly because of my siblings and being exposed to different things. And my dad was a musician and um, he didn't want me to play music, but he was a musician. Um, so um, I had all those influences. And so when um, me and Prince got together, I think um, it was interesting because I brought my sister in, you know, who's a keyboard player. And all the bands back then, you know, most of them had, you know, we didn't have shit. We didn't have money. They, they had money. It seemed like I don't know where they got it from. They had their parents, but we was broke. So we didn't have nobody. They had horn sections and buses and all kind of other stuff. We didn't have nothing. We had like our moms, if they would drive us to the gig, maybe. You know? um, but we didn't have. So if we wanted to do interpretations of certain songs, we had to do it with my sister playing keyboard. So that's kind of how that started. Because we'd say, listen, just play this, this, the horn parts on your keyboard, you know, on your organ. So rather than, it would be. And then that evolved into, you know, once we got a little bit of scratch, we got our, an actual keyboard that has some different kinds of sounds, you know, because you're talking about like the 70s, right? <laughs> Going way back. So that just kind of turned into so a from, thing. From, from your sister playing the tunes over on the keyboard, it evolved into something organic for y'all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was definitely or, literally organic, you know, and it turned into a thing. And, you know, that became our thing. And, you know, and I always tell people, because, you know, people always have to do this sort of comparative, you know, is this person better than that person? Is that person better than, is the, is the time better than Prince or is Prince better than, you know, whatever. And it was going on back then, you know. And my thing is that, you know, um, I never looked at us as being better. I just looked at us as being different, you know, because I thought they were, I mean, I used to, we went to see uh, uh, Sonny Thompson who was one of the, I mean, this dude is, we went to see him last night and he just, he, this brother, you know, he plays bass. And as much as I think, you know, I used to be extremely cocky when I played, I still play bass, but you know, I was like, in my in my mind, wasn't nobody bad like me. Couldn't nobody touch me. And I'd be, I'd tell you, I'd say, you can't play like me. Okay. And I was like, really, I was like, you know, I would tell people like my band. I was like, y'all can't touch my band. Y'all can't touch us. You think you can? Let us, let us show, let us play. They said, you know, because we were all little and young, like, you know, I think we started like 13, 14. <laughs> so I saw it all, talking all this stuff. You know? <laughs> Finally, get people to let us come up and play. And we put, oh, I mean, they're like, that was a mistake. <laughs> then we get that gig. But that's, you know, that's how we used to get gigs, because, you know, I would, but Sonny, this brother, man, oh, and last night he just ate the room alive. I mean, I just, yeah, he makes me want to just put, you know, if what I had my base at Bunkers, yeah, wow. they play every Sunday, I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, um, because I don't live here, I don't always get to, right. you know. So I just thought, well, we're here, let's go down there and, you know, um, and check it out. So we did, and they were killing. He was, he was him in particular, and then you know, we we wound up. Uh, sort of chopping it up afterwards, and, you know, because we, we spent a little time in, uh, um, yeah, doing a European thing, which was really cool. And he does a thing in Italy, which is cool. So it's, you know, but, you know, again, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it comes back to, you know, really focusing on that one thing. Cause you know, Sonny, you know, he had a rough, a lot of people don't know him. A lot of us growing up on the North side of Minneapolis, it was not easy, man. It was not easy. You know, um, 
you know, and his story is interesting, you know, um, I just happen to know it. A lot of people don't, you know, I'm gonna let him tell his own story, but you know, I, you know, a lot of brothers go through a lot of crazy stuff, you know, just to get from point A to point B, because again, like I said, you know, you, you've got a lot of things working against you, you know, and that's just a fact, you know, so you got to go, you know what? I got to find that focus and I got to, it's got to be your North star and you got to stay locked on it, you know, cause all this stuff will, will come at you, you know, whether it's, you know, family, friends, you know, girls, relationships, you know, um, kids, you know, um, but you gotta, you know, you gotta always stick to that North star, you know? And, and, you know, I always say God is your conscience, you know, let your conscience be your guide. That's it. You know, you, you mentioned the way several times mm -hmm. and I've heard not being from the twin cities, I've heard so many people mention the way the way was the community center, the mm -hmm. model, um, there were some influ influential leaders back then. So, so who were some of the people that were leading and, and mentoring and, and just helping youth at the time? Well, for, for us, um, and I say us because not as much me, but from what I'm hearing now, because, you know, it's, it's always interesting. You hear more stuff after somebody passes away than you ever knew ever existed. But um, so I can't, you know, I only know what my experience was, but for us, um, Spike Moss was, was, was um, you know, he helped us in certain aspects and getting gigs and get shows. Cause back then, you know, obviously, you know, they weren't trying to let young black kids, you know, have outlets, you know, then, you know, it's, it's a system that seems like it's, you know, not really geared to help you get from point A to point B. It's like almost making it really difficult for you to get from point A. But, you know, but in the community, if you, if you, that's why I say, you know, the community had a lot to do because they offered us shows, gigs, and, and you know, opportunity. And uh, so we were able to, especially my mother, you know, my mother was really obviously an integral part in all of it because she was just, you know, I mean, they, you know, you know, they, they you know, they have um, clips of, um, of, of my, my mom when she was starting, you know, or, um, uh, they were uh, doing a new YWCA. And so they found some clips, some old clip of us playing Cause she would just tell us we were doing gigs. You know, was no asking. Hey, listen, you know, they opened a new Y. I need y'all to come and play. You know, so we get our little raggedy equipment, <laughs> go set it up and do a gig. So yeah, yeah, that's incredible that you you bring up your mother, uh, Bernadette Anderson, is a um, just an icon in the community. Mm -hmm. And so tell us, talk about her. I want to hear. Wow, talk yeah. about your mom. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, my mom, she was, she, she again, um, it's kind of interesting because she was, you know, uh, one of six girls uh, and um, she had a rough situation, you know, because uh, um, back in those days they had, uh, I think my, my grandparents got TB um, when they were all really young. And so um, the city took all of the kids put them in foster care, split them all up, and quarantined my, my grandparents. So they had them all scattered around and, and, and it was not a good, not, not a good situation. Um, somehow my mother, I believe my mother and her sister wound up on a farm somewhere. Um, and uh, and it, it just sounds like it was, it was an interesting situation. But, um, but she met my dad really young and, and uh, she got pregnant at 14 and had my, my oldest brother at 15, so. Um, 
but you know, and then she was like, you know, my dad was trying to do the best he could. He was, you know, he came from a small town and, um, you know, worked at the post office, you know, um, but he was like, you know, farm boy, basically. He was the only black in the school. Actually, believe this, he was the only black in the school and he was a homecoming king in this little small town, you know, way up somewhere, you know, you see, you see the yearbook and it's like all these white folks, one black man, <laughs> my dad. So it's, it's really interesting, you know, um, but, uh, you know, married my mom, you know, they had, you know, started raising a family, but my mom was very um, strong black woman. She just, she was like, you know, she wanted more for herself and for her family. So she kept, you know, struggling and working and, you know, working two jobs and doing that whole thing. And, and eventually, you know, um, managed to, you know, um, pull herself out of that circumstance and uh, um, got an education with the university. Um, you know, I got a degree, you know, and managed to, you know, get uh, connected with, um, you know, uh, activism. You know, she was like a, 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 a hall monitor for a while at my uh, at my grade school, you know, which was interesting because my mom, you know, working because I was always, you know, into some stuff. So then they could just say, well, I'm going to go get your mom. Mm-hmm. Well, then my thing so I'll go get it for you. You know, so it was always, I was, I was that kid, you know, I mean, it's just, but, um, but yeah, she, you know, she worked her way through all of that. And then, um, you know, and, and basically, you know, with, you know, my brothers and going through all of that. And then my sisters, you know, were, you know, um, really integral parts as well. Because one of my, my oldest sister is a seamstress and she's the one who made, you know, all the, you know, the Prince trench coats that you see and all the time suits and the, the vanity six camisoles. And she made all of that stuff. Uh, in the beginning, all of that. And my other sister was a model and she had, you know, photographers and, you know, um, one of her uh, photographers that did her stuff was who she turned on, the prince who did all his early, you know, album cover stuff. So, you know, again, it takes a village, it takes a family and you gotta be willing to work with different folks and make all that happen. But my mom, again, coming back to her, because of all of, all of that and her struggles, you know, she um, was able to, you know, um, uh, get the community's sort of attention, you know, um, and the Urban League's attention. And they shined a light on her and, and uh, um, um, you know, awarded her the Family of the Year Award, I think in 1974. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, they had a big dinner for her. So yeah, my question was just, um, do you feel like your mom gave you the support that you were looking for when you were younger, you know, trying to um, accomplish your dreams? Honestly, not at first, not at first. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, I mean, um, I, I knew I wanted to be, be a musician, um, but, you know, we were broke and I get it. I, you know, I, I understand it more now, you know, that I've been through it, you know, and, and as a parent, you know, cause I got six kids. So I, right. I, you know, but not at first, it took a minute, you know, cause you know, I wanted, you know, you know, bass, you know, so I wanted to be, right. so my dad was a bass player and I wanted to, you know, I learned how to play bass on his upright bass, but upright is out of fashion and I wanted like the new, you know, oh. yeah, so, um, so I was, you know, mama, come on, you gotta give me this, you gotta, you know, and she was like, you know, and then she, you know, had a boyfriend that was a bass player and I tried to, you know, and he was, you know, that was kind of, you know, that was, I, I, I wasn't really, didn't, I'm digging him too much, yeah, you know, so, 
don't know if I wanted it. Maybe <laughs> 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 that's a big joy. It's like, hell, I know about that. Right. Play <laughs> like far away from me. Yeah, you know. I mean, I played it a couple of times, but I was like, mm, uh, seems like that could be a funny commitment that I don't want to make. make. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, but it, it, you know, it took a minute and, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I found a bass <laughs> once, you know, and uh, I wound up using that bass for a while until I had to give it back, you know, to where I found it at. And then, I, you know, but at that point, you know, I think um, my mom understood that how badly I, I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. She figured, well, if he's going to find a bass at this place, you know, and then I have to give it back, maybe I should, you know, go down to Sears, rope up, invest in it. And she got, finally I got, you know, she managed to work some payment situation out. So I eventually got a base and then, you know, that was. So at first it was just, it, do you feel like it was just because she didn't know how serious you were? I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, cause you know, a lot of times, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, people say they want to do stuff, you know, right. um, cause anybody can start a war. Anybody can start a fight, but <laughs> can't finish a fight, you know. So, um, and that's, you know, all that stuff is stuff my mom would say, you know, it's like, you know, because, um, you know, she didn't have the kind of money to just be throwing out. So I had to convince her, you know. make sure that you were serious yeah. and make sure you were actually. Yeah, and, and I think at that point we had, you know, our band was pretty much, you know, um, was starting to pick up a little bit of attention. Okay. Um, what age did you start music and what lit the fire? I think I was, you know, I started music, you know, when I was really little. I mean, because what I was starting to say before is I, um, it's hard to explain um, my whole musical thing, but music is just in me. I know you, you hear people say music is in me, you know, and music is literally in me. And it's like, it's, it was always, I would always hear music all the time, you know, when I was like, probably like, earliest song I remember writing was like maybe four or five, you know, and I came up with this song and I had the whole thing in my head, but I didn't know how it worked. You know, I mean, like, like, I didn't know how, um, I was fascinated with stereos, you know, like, uh, like my dad had a stereo council, you know, you know, those kind of things that, you know, those old school, like, uh, it looks like a, you know, like a, I don't even know, like a cabinet or something. And he opened it up and it was like a record player. Yeah. <laughs> he had one of those. And I, I just couldn't figure out how this thing worked. I mean, I would sit, you know, when I was like, you know, really little, and I try to figure out how this thing worked. You know, I'm like, how is this working? It's like you play these brown things and they go around and music comes out. I'm like, I had to take it apart. <laughs> took that bad boy apart. Got my behind kick, cause it was, when I tried to put it back together, stuff wasn't fitting and then screws was left. And then my dad came home and then it was like, but, um, you know, but that really kind of made me really, you know, cause you know, I, I became fascinated with all those records, you know, and I would listen to them and try to understand how they're making all of this stuff. It's like, what is that sound? I would try to get into the different sounds and like, you know, um, and you know, it just, I just became really, obsessed with how all of this is working. So then I started watching TV and watching, I'd be watching, trying to figure out, you know, I didn't, you know, you don't know how, you're a kid, you don't know how that stuff works, right? You know, it's like, I'd be looking at TV, trying to figure out how, how would it, how would it connects, you know, from what I saw playing to what I heard on the records, because I knew somehow they connected. And didn't nobody tell me nothing. You know, I mean, nobody, you know, sat me down and said, you know, 
hey, listen, Andre, <laughs> this is how this works. It's a stereo, they go in a recording studio, and then they, nobody, you know, nobody, they didn't know. I mean, you know, it wasn't like they knew that, you know, so I never got that. But, um, but that's really kind of what started it. And then um, my dad was a musician, so he had an upright bass. And so I would sneak because I wasn't allowed to touch it. But of course, I touched all over it. Oh. <laughs> as soon as, as, soon as I, he, while he was gone, I climbed up on a little stool. And, but um, when I said music is in me, I always hear stuff. And once I started to learn how to play instruments, um, I, I found out that you can make whatever you can hear, you know, and that was the key. And so, you know, I learned how to play guitar um, and I learned how to play piano, learned how to play drums. I knew how to play drums early and, and all that stuff and bass. And, you know, so then it just became an easy thing for me. And then just, you know, putting it all together. And like I was saying earlier, I was just doing cassette to cassette first. And then once I, you know, um, one of my older brothers, you know, got me a little four track and then I, you know, was able to do like a little more elaborate demo stuff so so you being like talented and successful in the areas you hit mm -hmm. and like having your hands in so many stuff was there ever a breaking point where you wanted to quit if it was what motivated you to keep going man <laughs> that's a that's a good a great question and man um i had so many breaking points so many times where i i you know i still have them sometimes you know i, I ain't gonna lie you know just well, honesty, I still have them sometimes because it's it's not easy, you know, it, it's not easy, you know, because especially, you know, for somebody like me, you know, it's one thing if you, um, you know, if you're just, um, you know, um, your own entity, you know, you're just known for your own musical expression. I'm tied to Prince and tied to the Minneapolis music and tied to all this other stuff. And that's wonderful. But you know, um, but at the same time, it's like, I guess it's a curse and a blessing, you know, or a blessing and a curse, depending on how you, how you want to look at it. But um, because it's like, like for, for when I first, you know, you know started off, you know, um, a lot of people don't know how this whole Minneapolis music thing even chopped off. They just, Prince, 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 Prince. And that's wonderful and it's great. And I don't ever want to say anything, you know, negative about anybody really. But I just think that, it would be great for people to understand the true um, way things happen because it's not obviously what people think. You know, like I was talking earlier, it's like it takes everybody. You know, nobody, no one man does anything by himself, you know. And so there's a lot of stuff that we did that brought, you know, we as in our band that brought, you know, attention to our band, you know, that brought people actually to want to see what all the excitement was about. Um, so, you know, and um, so, but, you know, when I started doing solo stuff and, and, and producing and things like that, at first really it was just solo stuff. And people kept saying, well, you ain't like him. You ain't like Prince. You ain't like, you know, the time. You ain't like this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be like, you know, they, they got that, you know, he's got that, you know. And, you know, and people would say the most foul things, you know, and it was like, you know, I mean, because you do interviews. And they would just say things that just, you know, because you, you know, you don't want to fight because that's the first thing you want to do is you want to slap somebody upside the head. You know, how can you say some crazy stuff like that? But they say, it. you know, I mean, I was in, you just would, <laughs> some of the things people have said to me, you know, um, 
and in, in, in meetings, in big meetings, big record companies, you know, and they would say, the only reason why you're here is because of Prince. And I'd be like, what? And, you know, I mean, knowing nothing about me, nothing about my history, you know, and it just really, I mean, and people say, you act just like Prince, or you act just like this, or, you know, it's like, and I, it was, it was so insulting for me because I prided myself on being an individual, you know? And then I, you know, back then I wouldn't say much cause I would just, I would get angry and you know, I always had a bad temper. So I would just have to, my mom would always say count to 10. <laughs> so I count to 10 and calm down. And then I would try to, you know, say something, you know, less angry. Um, but you know, it just, things like that would happen to a point that it just got, it, it just really got to a point where I was like, you know what? you know, maybe I just need to step away from this, you know, um, because it's like, I don't, I, I'm not, you know, I mean, I would, I would, I would want to say, you know, I have to remind people, I wouldn't do it back then, but since I started doing interviews again, lightly, um, I would remind people, he came to live with me. I didn't go live with him. So it wasn't like I met him and said, oh, I want to go live with Prince. No, you know, he met me and said, I want to go live with you. And came to live with our family for like six years or something like that. So, you know, I think, you know, um, I was always an individual. So for people to say things like that was really hard. And it, it really made me want to just step out of it for a while, you know, which I did, you know. Um, and then I had to evaluate, you know, because then I had, you know, my, my daughter was born. And I had to really evaluate what I really, what was really important. And what was really important to me was family, you know. And so, I, you know, and I know that... Um, when my first, when my daughter was born and my son was born, I was busy, you know, because I was producing and, you know, doing different things. And, you know, thank God I had a lot of success. You know, I, I, um, I just, because the record company was saying all that file stuff, I just said, I'm not doing stuff with that anymore. So I just stepped away. You know, it was crazy. It was something that, you know, most people wouldn't do because, you know, you, you want a record. That's big. That's what everybody wants. You know, I, I don't want it if it's not going to be right. So I just stepped, stepped away and thought, you know, because I think the, the mistake people made with me is that they thought that, you know, I couldn't make that kind of music. They didn't know that I'm part of creating that whole thing, you know. So I just wanted to do something different, you know, because, you know, like I said, Prince was doing this, Time was doing that, you know, there was all these different things. I just wanted to do something. So I did, I created this whole different genre called New Wave, or kind of a New Wave kind of thing. So, and that was like my own thing, you know. Um, so anyway, so stepped away from that, decided, you know, let me let me produce. And I did, I think Evelyn Champagne King did her record and that mm -hmm. worked out pretty good. Then I did Jody's and her did hers did really well. Huge success. Talk yeah. talk about that for a minute because you know, that's my time. <laughs> no, yeah. But the music was um at the time that I remember when it was released and didn't even know you or Andre Simone the story, but um her music like took fire like instantly and uh, so what was it about creating that music that new sound because it was different mm -hmm. right yeah, yeah. and it just it grabbed you and stuck and 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 still today when you listen to jody watley it's like wow you know it still sounds very today too yeah, yeah. well you know again you know i just thought you know what it's all about reinvention you know it's like you know like I did with the stuff Prince Prince and I came up with in my mom's basement because we used to woodshed and write a lot of stuff. 
that was a vibe and that's cool. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Prince wound up getting all the sort of, it became synonymous with him, you know, and then this, the other stuff that I was gonna do for myself wound up coming out on the time. So that wound up synonymous with them. So I thought, you know, so I thought, you know, when I when I did my thing in my record company, you know, they thought, you know, you know, you're signed to a black label, you should make black music and they would play me Luther Vandross and stuff and say, why don't you do stuff like that? And I'm like, because I want to do stuff like this. And I, I remember getting into a thing and I, you know, I, I, I said, you're not putting a mustache on my Mona, Lu on my Mona Lisa. <laughs> and I stormed out, right? Oh, that was my big moment. <laughs> and so that, that was, I was done, you know, so, um, but, but Jody's thing is I, I thought, you know, I wanted to create something because she played me her, her demos and stuff that she had been working on. And it was really good. She did some stuff, some, with some different people, but it was kind of, um, you know, it, you know, it was, um, kind of rockish and, you know, and I thought, you know what, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, a void in pop. R&B music for a female, you know, and I'd done a female group, you know, and so I, you know, had, you know, I saw a, a perfect spot. And so um, I wrote a bunch of songs, you know, um, say like five or six songs at the, at, at the beginning, because, you know, she was trying to get a record deal and like going through her, her whole process. And so, um, yeah, so I, I played her, you know, played her some of her stuff. And and she's a really amazing lyricist because she writes her own lyrics. And so she listened to them and, you know, she she would always pick the most avant-garde, the weird stuff, like the most avant-garde stuff on the tapes, right? And I'd always have to go back and say, yeah, but what about that third song? You know, and she'd go back and listen to that and go, oh yeah. And then she'd come back and have all the lyrics done. So basically that's how I came up with, with, with um, that stuff and we wound up working it out and you know and just trying to find something new for her. How do you feel about having your name tied to this and what responsibility do you have? A, a couple of things. I feel honored to have my name tied to this first and foremost because I think programs like this need to exist right now. They, they need to exist always but right now it's really 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 an imperative um, for, for people like myself and really men in the community to be involved in, in situations. Cause you know, life ain't perfect. Life ain't perfect for nobody, you know? And so if you can have an organization, you know, where brothers, you know, run into trouble, you know, cause we all get in trouble. My brothers got it, we all get into trouble, you know? And I would love to, you know, say, you know, my dad was there and, you know, and, and but it was different. Cause you know, we didn't always get along with our dad, you know? So, you know, but to, to have a place where you can come and you can sort of just, you know, sort of reassess, regroup, you know, I mean, I think that's really, you get, we, I was just talking to his brother back in, in Los Angeles about just this kind of thing. And I didn't know that it, it existed. And so, I mean, I wish if something like this exists, because I don't need to tell y'all, you know, but things happen and you wind up, you know, nowhere to go, you know, no money in your pocket, you know, no food. And we've all, I, I can't say we've all been there. I know I've been there. That's how I can speak for myself. I've been there. And like I said, you know, I, you know, pride, <laughs> pride will, will, will get you in, in trouble. But, um, you know, but I just think that it's important to do that. And my commitment is, I already said, y'all need me, I'm here. You know I mean? I, obviously I live in California, so that's, you know, but this is the kind of thing that I would, I want to be involved in. 
I love to be involved in, you know, and I'm, I appreciate being uh, invited because I think, you know, um, and, and the third, fourth, and fifth part of your question was. <laughs> now you answered the question. It was just what responsibility do you feel you have as an elder in this community? But there, was, but there was another part that you said, well, oh yeah, I remember, I remember what it was. It was, I think the other thing is, I think um, it had to do with community, you know, because I think, um, you know, community is an important part of, you know, really um, uh, making, you know, um, our culture whole. Because I think, you know, the issue that happens is I think you have a lot of younger mothers having children, you know, and, you know, and that becomes an issue, you know, and, and they don't, they're too young to know how to, you know, raise a man, you know, um, they try to do the best they can. Sometimes they, they do good. Sometimes they fail, you know, um, and if they don't have a support system, you know, then you don't have a support system, you know, and then it just becomes a domino effect. You know, and, and then they think, well, the police are going to raise my boy and the police are not going to raise. You can't expect police to raise black folks, black, you know, black men. And, you know, and I think the reality is, you know, you can't expect society to present you with good black role models, because if you step back and you think about it from a, you know, from a different perspective, it's really up to our own culture. To, to put forward role models for black men, you know, and, and for far too long, you know, because you think about Hollywood, and, you know, what Hollywood has done, you know, in my opinion, it's a travesty, you know, because if, think about it, who who finances these movies we see, right? you know, I mean, who, who, who puts the money up for these movies you see that show black men, you know, or black young black kids, you know, doing the different things that they do, who actually pays for that? To be honest, and why do they pay for that to be on the screen and maybe not that? Right. Or pay for this to be on the screen and maybe that's something else. I think it's it's really important to look at it from that from that aspect, you know, because all of that stuff, you know, movies, music, who pays for this artist to be blown up? Because somebody gotta market all of that. Somebody gotta pay you. Basically, marketing, just so you know, it's about a million dollars, you know. It takes about a million dollars to really market somebody to get eyes on them and people to be, you know, to step outside because I've had to do budgets for this kind of stuff. So I get it, you know, and a million dollars is a million dollars. And unless you know, everybody ain't got that kind of money sitting around. So you got to go somewhere to get somebody. And they said, well, what is it? And then they start deciding what they're going to put money into and what kind of message you're putting out. And, you know, and therein lies the situation. And that becomes the conundrum because you're putting out these messages that are saying, you know, like I, I told my sister the other day, not to get too far off into a thing, but I said, you know, take some lyrics from like 1970, I don't know, 60. Just take, you know, let's see, what's it? Um, what's a good, what's a good song? Um, was it? Uh, from the 60s? Yeah. Oh gosh. Mm. Something read to Franklin. Okay. James Brown. Respect. Respect. Uh, you know, say it loud and black and proud. You know, I mean, you can take all of those um, and you can take those lyrics and then put those lyrics next to some lyrics that we got right now. Okay? Mm. Just compare those two. 
Yes. And that tells you all you need to know about where we're at right now. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, you know, mm. ain't no woman like the one I got. It's different. Different today. <laughs> different today. Ooh. You know, yeah. What they saying? Uh, yeah, you know. No, it, it's it really, you know. I mean, I was riding around with my granddaughter yesterday, and the stuff she was playing. This is my granddaughter. I'm going. I must have heard. Yeah, hold the chest, bro. Yeah. Well, that's my grand. My daughters that are older than her. You know, I don't even want to get into stuff. How crazy is that though to see the change, like? It is absolutely insane. And it really is, you know, because the thing is, you know, I mean, for somebody like me, I always find myself, I have to step back, you know, cause you know, you, you, you know, you always get tempted to do your first reaction. Sure. That's always the wrong one. So I always have to step back and I always have to go, okay. Um, this is not, this is a fight. This is a, this is, this is a thing where I have to approach it. Cause you know, I can't dictate. You know, because as soon as you start dictating, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have to step back and you have to start understanding the game. You know, you have to put it in context, put it in perspective, you know, and, and all of that, there's a perspective for all of that. And, you know, and you can't slay that dragon in one fell swoop. You know, it's like building a house or anything else. Right. You got to do brick by brick. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go back and understand, you know, why is this? What is that? And all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, because my thing now really is this has got to change. It's got to change. You know, I mean, and whatever I can do. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to be here and, and why this is so important. Why programs like this are so, why y'all are so important. Really, really. I mean, because y'all are the future. Y'all can do that much better than I can do it. I mean, it's wonderful I got a name, but the thing is, the reality is music has changed. And I know that I'm not, you know, I, you know, I'm one of those kind of people that I'm a realist. I don't, I don't spend a whole lot of time trying to live in some fantasy world and delusion. I'm a very serious. I know where things are at. I get it. But all I can do is try to talk to folks and make them understand. You got to understand what the game is. You got to understand what the system is. You got to understand what politics is and how politics play into all of this. You know, as young brothers, you gotta understand it. You gotta understand how you can change the system because it's gotta be changed. It has to, it's gonna change. And it can either go one way or another way because what a lot of people don't understand right now is it's imperative that we start dealing with this now because you're talking about AI and, and all that. And you wonder where, why things are the way things are is that if you think about it, because a lot of people don't talk about this and who's going to talk about it really? Because again, you only got a, a handful of platforms. You know, you got Twitter, you know, Facebook, you know, whatever else little platforms there are right now. The news media is all controlled by corporations. So you only got a handful of platforms. So you're only going to be able to get your message out for change in a few different ways. And one of the things, you know, we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go back to the old school way of change. And that's flyers and rallies. And you got to be careful with that, too, because, you know, you got crazy folks out there with, you know, all these guns and all that kind of stuff. So but that's that's, the, you know, because we're at a point now where it has to change. It has to change. And it's really up to y'all. Because I know that you guys are going to take this to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. I put people in front of you that are going to transfer knowledge but you guys are going to just take it and go to another level. That's going to change things. Mm -hmm. 
that's where the innovation happens, right? So really, really powerful conversation. I think you wanted to say something. Yeah, I just had a question about, cause I love Prince's, uh, y'all, like y'all style, man. How did y'all come up with the style? Like y'all clothes? <laughs> you know, uh, um, <laughs> that's an interesting thing. You know, a couple of, a couple of things. I mean, I, you know, I, I give credit to my sister cause she, um, made the trench coats, you know, obviously, but um, the original trench coat was something that came from, um, uh, I think a, a Ragstock was a store that used to be around. Mm. Ragstock. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, so the original trench coat came there and then, you know, just had my sister make trench coats for, for the band. And that became well, just the front three, me, Prince, and That's Dennis. so cool. What's your sister? Which sister is Sylvia. that? Sylvia. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. she made she made those, and then that became sort of the iconic thing of Saturday Night Live and all different shows we did. Right. But for me, you know, my thing was interesting. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell y'all this. Y'all don't laugh, <laughs> and then I'll never be able to live it down. And so that'll be the way yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, I thought you know I want to do something a little different. So I thought mm, I, that, I was in, um, I think it was in L.A. and I found these these see-through pants. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so I thought, let me try these bad boys on. I rocked them. That's a secret. Like this, I feel like, like, cause like now I feel like the style and stuff is changing, but they don't know that that style came from back then too, yeah. like from which I was doing. Yeah. So. I wasn't no, here to see pick. I wasn't here to see. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, well, you know, you know, it was. uh it was, you know, because I just thought, let's do something a little different. You know, right. so I did that and nobody was doing nobody, did it, yeah. nobody was doing anything like that, you know. Um, and, uh, and, you know, obviously the girls liked it, you know, and the, the fellas, some of the fellas had problems because, you know, I mean, you know, at that point I was like, I got into martial arts and I was like, you know, I was like really into, you know, so I was like, I wish a brother would, you know, or right. say something about anything. Right. So, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm rocking these. So I was rocking them, and you know, if you gonna do something, I always think if you gonna do something, you gotta do it with conviction. 100%, yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know, <laughs> and so it, you know, and then Prince, you know, he came along, and then he eventually got into because then it became, you know, and that's really when I kind of stopped because then he started wearing underwear, and then it was mm -hmm. clear pants and underwear. It's like, okay, this is like chipping there. <laughs> so it's like, so then I started rocking ripped up jeans because nobody was at the time, nobody was doing that. So right. you know, I just kind of got into that thing and. Then that became a thing. You and then, started the ripped up jeans? I don't know if I, I can't say I started ripped up jeans. I just started wearing ripped up jeans because I had some jeans that got torn and then I just thought, oh, this is kind of a punk thing. And then I had these, so I ripped up my shoes and then, you know. Um, what about like uh, bell bottoms? Did y'all wear those? No. Uh -huh. Well, I did before, before that. Yeah, because yeah, before, I, you know, Super Bells was the thing. Super, yeah. yeah, Super Bells was the thing and Elephant Pants was like the thing. So I rocked all that, but that was before, um, that was before um, uh, the uh, um, before that whole thing jumped off. That's so, exactly what my mom well, said. Too much information. Too much information. <laughs> that was uh, that was really good um, for me personally. You have such a unique style. You're a fashion icon to me because every time I see you, it's authentically you. Mm, thank you. And when I hear you talk, it's authentically you. And so, yeah, we're, you know, I'm excited to be, to be a part of this and we'll do more telling that story. Yeah.